Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. The NBA draft takes place tomorrow. And this isn't like your normal draft. There's no suspense regarding what will happen at the top of the draft. All the suspense in this draft comes from the third pick because that pick belongs to the Portland Trailblazers. And all eyes right now are on what Portland does with that pick and what it means for Damian Lillard. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, all of this comes because all eyes are on Damian Lillard constantly. We all know that he's one of the best players in the NBA every single season. We all know what he can mean to a team. But we also all know that the Portland Trailblazers are not in a position right now where they're viewed as a championship contender. So uh, can all of these worlds align? Uh, There are reports certainly that Dame wants a star to come in and play with him. He doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. But also there's always going to be the conversation about his legacy. Harry? Uh, when we we talked to Chris Paul yesterday, we talked about legacy. It, Damian Lillard reminded us that everybody sees this a little differently. This is his quote that he gave USA Today. He said, quote, I think it's very important when you talk about how other people view me. Of course, people are going to say, you don't have a ring. You see how people talk to Charles Barkley, and he's Charles Barkley. He was a great player. Of course, it's at the top of the list for me to win a championship. I don't train and come into seasons thinking about anything more than wanting to win it this year. Personally, I know my body of work speaks for itself. I haven't won a championship, but I've won a lot of games. I've had three seasons in my entire career where I wasn't a winner out of 11 seasons. There were eight seasons where we were winning, and I was performing constantly at the level I performed at for 11 years. That has to mean something, especially with how I've been as an individual to go along with my performance. He makes it clear, Harry, that he is looking for championships. And if that's the case... I don't see how it's possible Dame could still be with the Trailblazers by the end of this week. Yeah, I don't think it's possible either because even if the Portland Trailblazers get a guy like, let's just say, Zion Williamson and the the Blazers decided they want to, you know, trade that third overall pick to the New Orleans Pelicans, what is Zion going to do for Dame and also the Blazers organization where you're still going up in the Western Conference against the Denver Nuggets, against the Phoenix Suns? You still have the Golden State Warriors. Uh, granted, if Draymond Green goes back there, you still have the Los Angeles Lakers. So what does that actually put them in context of winning an NBA championship? I don't see it happening. Like for Damian Lillard, if he wants to win a championship, I honestly feel like he has to leave Portland and possibly go to a team like, hmm, let's just say a team on South Beach named the Miami Heat, because that would give him the best chance and the closest chance, I feel like, to actually, you know, reach in that goal. Uh, but when you talk about legacies, right, it's, it's all about, number one, that individual and how they view things. Because you can look at a ton of players who haven't won a championship, and Damian Lillard mentioned Charles Barkley. You can also throw Karl Malone, John Stockton, Reggie Miller in there. And all those guys I've just mentioned, the one person that stopped them from win- probably winning a championship was a guy named Michael Jordan. Never heard so it also has to have context to it, too. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, so when you think about Patrick Ewan, uh, Michael Jordan stopped all of them from winning a championship. So there's context on top of not winning a championship, but... 
I think a lot of those guys I just mentioned, not all of them, a lot of them actually had an opportunity to make an NBA Finals. They just didn't get it done because they ran into that bad man, not Aaron Rodgers, but that bad man named Michael Jordan. Well, and it's interesting. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. You mentioned context. There's another portion of his quote that he said, a championship would mean a lot to me, but in my personal opinion, if I don't win it all, if I don't win it, it's not the end-all be-all to me. I wouldn't be happy with it, but I think when you talk about other people's perception, I think it's extremely important to my legacy. It's extremely important to me, but my opinion of me not winning wouldn't be the same as others. I, I, what he's telling you there, I think, with a lot of self-awareness is, I know I'm a badass. I know I am great at what I do. I know I'm one of the best in the world. I think my body of work shows it. But I also know y'all aren't going to give me the credit I deserve without that chip. That's what he's saying there. So now he's got to make a decision. What matters to him and how he's going to be viewed forever? Because certainly, as he points out, he can have peace knowing that he's been a dominant player in the NBA, which isn't easy to accomplish. People will talk about him the right way for a long time. But if he wants the peace of knowing that people give him the full credit to what he's due— it's going to take a championship. And, and what's hard about that is Portland's just not in a situation where I think there's any move they can make right now, to your point, that will make them a champion. And now they're sitting with the third overall pick in the draft in a draft that could give them the opportunity to figure out how to move forward. So, like, for Portland, maybe the best solution is also to move on. Get the most you can for Dame. Move on from Dame. Let him go somewhere he can win a championship. And you start this process over with the third overall pick in the draft being your next building block. Well, and that's the thing, though, right? It, let's just say hypothetically they're going to take uh, Scoot Henderson with that pick, uh, assuming Victor Wimbiyama is going to go number one to the Spurs and also Brandon Miller is going to go number two to the Charlotte Hornets. So now you have uh, the Portland Trail Blazers sitting there at three, and if they decide to take Scoot Henderson and if Dane uh, isn't going to be there, now you move on for him and you get assets and you let, you know, um, Sharp and you let Simons and you let uh, Scoot Henderson, all those guys build – amongst each other because they're all young right so you let those guys build and see what you're what you're you're going to be able to form with that young nucleus moving forward the sacramento kings did a great job uh with their roster mixing some young players you know trading for sabonis and getting that big man and we've seen what they were able to do this season being third in the western conference uh before losing to the uh, golden state warriors in the first round of the playoffs. So I just think there are avenues and ways that this can be done. It's just that it's time on your side. Are you willing to wait things out? And for Damian Lillard, he hasn't had that, you know, superstar or that mega star beside him to even be in a situation to compete for a championship. I don't think in his 11 years as being a Portland Trailblazer. So does he have the, I'll say the mindset to say, you know what, Portland, I want to go ahead and I want to leave. I want to go somewhere else so I can compete for a championship without worrying about all the riffraff because when you add context to it, we all understand that he didn't have that running mate or have that roster to actually compete. And then you're in the Western Conference during the time when you had Kevin Durant there with the Warriors. You had Golden State being your, uh, uh, I would say, your brick wall blocking you from uh, your chances to actually get there. So, and let's just be very clear you don't see C.J. McCollum as that guy, right? Like, because you, you mentioned he hasn't had that running mate that was a superstar. No, C- C- and, and C.J. McCollum is a great player. He's a great player and can play the game at a very, very high level, can make buckets, 
Um, I, I love his game, but I don't view C.J. McCollum as being that that Robin to Dame's Batman to get them to an NBA Finals. I just wanted I to did. throw that out there loudly before Twitter comes in and says, well, why about C.J.? And then you have to answer that a thousand times. Now, part of the reason we're having this conversation is because the strength of the top three picks in the draft, Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, our very own Woj, said this on the 6 p.m. Sports Center about what he expects right now the Blazers to do with that third pick. Listen, this is viewed as a three-player draft. They have the third pick. And I think Portland views Scoot Henderson, and if he's indeed there, as a potential all-star player. Uh, and so while they would love to continue to add veteran talent around Damon Lillard, uh, they'll continue to try to scour the league in trade talks to see if they can do something really big. I think Portland understands the value of that pick. Uh, it would take a lot to trade a trade out of it. We'll know exactly how Portland feels about Dame with what they're capable of doing there. Because, yeah, I, I think it uh, makes sense. There are three players in this draft. You mentioned uh, Miller, we all know Weminyama, and then Scoot Henderson, right? Like, th- those are, well, after that, there's a drop-off. So they're either going to get a King's Ransom and make Dame happy, or they're going to sit there and take that third overall pick and start an all-new process of a six-to-eight-year six rebuild, in my mind. But, but here's the thing, though, because I think there are multiple ways we can know how the Portland Tra- Trailblazers feel about Damian Lillard. Like, even if they do decide that they're, they're going to trade Dame, right? Um, where he goes tells you all you need to know about the relationship yeah, in that fair. organization, right? But even if they do, let's just say they, they trade the pick to New Orleans and, and Zion Williamson comes over. You're still going to need that third person, right? We're not in a situation now where you could just have two guys um, – Unless you're the Denver Nuggets, the Denver Nuggets were able to do it, but their role players played a, a, a vital role in their success in winning the NBA championship. But you need that third guy. We understand that the, uh, the Phoenix Suns just got that third guy in Bradley Beal. So if they do get Zion and to pair him up with Dame, Who's going to be that third guy? Is it going to be Grant now? Is he going to stay and not leave free agency-wise? But you got to have that third guy as well. Yeah, the problem is in an ideal situation, they get Scoot and they get Zion, and they team him with uh, Dame, and all of a sudden Zion starts taking his conditioning seriously, and they have the building blocks they need. Uh, but also, you know, if my aunt had grapefruit, she'd be my uncle. Like, we know Uh-oh. that just can't happen in this situation. So, uh, unfortunately, I think— Is that we, Uncle Jumbo? No, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately i think the trailblazers might be stuck that being said you mentioned the trade if dame's going to become available is there one eastern conference team that you think could run it back or run straight to dame we'll tell you next fitz and harry on espn radio and sirius xm channel 80 with the seventh pick the denver nuggets select jamal murray with the 41st pick the denver nuggets select nikola Jokic. so Who's next? The 2023 NBA Draft, tomorrow at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Today's the first day of summer, so you'll notice a theme to the music. Devin has put together a summer playlist. Also, even more importantly, by the way, today's Annabelle's third birthday. Annabelle is three years old today, so even wow. though she's a dog that doesn't know I'm speaking to her. Happy birthday, Annabelle. I love you. Dev, that scared the hell out of me. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Literally did. But happy birthday, Annabelle. We love you dearly. Yeah. I'm gonna take her I'm gonna take her to one of those like little paw like uh pampering places today. Give her a little bath, give her some treats. Oh, yeah. it's gonna be a good day. I like that. It's gonna be a good day for Annabelle. Wow. All right, Fitz and Harry, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. I can't wait to see where the rest of the summer playlist goes. I also can't wait to see what happens in the NBA draft tomorrow, not just for the players that are going to be drafted, but also for the possibility that we could find Dame going anywhere. And as we look at stars that could be changing locations, one star we have to remember that we haven't talked about much is James Harden. Now, we don't know what is next for James Harden, but Zach Lowe, ESPN NBA senior writer, said this on the Low Post podcast about what he expects next for the bearded one. When I was at the Combine in Chicago... Doc Rivers got fired. There was already buzz going around that that had flipped, not flipped, but changed the equation in James Harden's calculus about like, well, maybe pump the brakes a little bit on the Houston thing. The brakes have now been pumped, like slammed on around the league to the point that I bet if you pulled 50 front office executives, a majority of them would guess he's going back to Philly. So Harden back to Philly has me thinking about something. Let's have a little bit of fun here, Harry, because... It has me thinking about run it back or run away. It's a very simple concept. For a team that didn't get what they wanted last year, do you run it back, just re-rack it and say, hey, we got it, we're going to do it? Or do you run away from the possibility of running it back? Number one, the Philadelphia 76ers. Harry, should they run it back with Harden or should they just run away? Ooh, run away. Run away fast. Because Harden has proven time and time again that, yes, he can be – remarkable at certain moments, but he can also be damaging and not be the person that they need him to be in order to get over the hump. And that's out of the second round of the playoffs. I would rather the Philadelphia 76ers take take their chances on trading for a guy like Damian Lillard. Now, you're going to have to give up Tyrese Maxey. You're probably going to have to move Tobias Harris and probably have to give him up as well. But I would take my chances with Damian Lillard and the MVP award winner Joel Embiid and then let them figure everything else out. Uh, along with the new head coach Nick Nurse versus running it back with James Harden. Yeah, you run away from James Harden because it wasn't just this one time. James Harden has repeatedly showed us in big moments he forgets out of basketball. I don't want to bank on that when I'm trying to get out of the East. So, run away. All right, now we're going to bring in the guys. Devin, give us the next team on run it back or run it away in the NBA. The Miami Heat. Oh, Harry, do they run it back or do they run away from that? I'm going to go run away again. Um, in regards to the Miami Heat. And it's also going to involve a guy named Damian Lillard. We have to remember now, Gabe Vincent is a free agent. So Gabe Vincent isn't under contract. So he's going to be looking to get paid. So instead of just trying to pay him, why not trade for a guy in Damian Lillard? Now you have Bam Adebayo, you have Jimmy Butler, you have Damian Lillard. You take a lot of pressure off of Jimmy Butler, especially when it comes to the closing moments. So you don't have to just count on him uh, as, as the only option. And you form something different, a new trio in the NBA down in Miami. Yeah, you have to run away 
if you're Miami because certainly it was a plucky run. It was a spectacular run that was fun to watch. It wasn't something that can be replicated in my mind. Like You, you had one of those postseasons where you went on a run with a lot of people. I, I, I don't think the Heat have the building blocks they need to compete long-term. They get they got to get somebody else. So I'm with you. The game is run it back or run away going into this NBA offseason. Should these teams just re-rack it, try it again, or should they run away and try something different? Dev, who do we have next? The Milwaukee Bucks. Ooh. I'll say this quickly, Harry. I, I don't think the Milwaukee Bucks have a lot of choice because the contract situations get pretty murky. The salary cap gets pretty rough. Like, I do I think the Bucks would be smart to try and run away? I think some changes could be a good thing, but I think that's part of why they made a change at head coach. I think they realize they're kind of stuck with their roster. So I think they yeah. have to run it back. Yeah, so I'm going to go run it back here. Um, I think the the one chess piece is Chris Middleton. Is he going to be the Chris Middleton that we've seen him when Giannis got hurt a few years ago in the playoffs and he really stepped up and carried the Milwaukee Bucks while Giannis was out? Also, we got to remember, Brooke Lopez is a free agent. That's a guy that I feel like this team really needs because not only is he a seven-footer, he's a guy that stretches the floor and can shoot the three ball and do a, a lot of different things and defend also in the paint. So as long as they have Brooke Lopez... Um, anchor in the back end of that defense along with Giannis, I'm going to go running back. You still can't tell me Brooke Lopez doesn't look like the Geico caveman uh, from all those commercials. <laughs> Him and his twin brother. I mean, they, 100%. All right, who do we have next on running back or runaway? The Boston Celtics. Oh, Harry, this oh, is a good this is one. Easy. This is tough. This is easy for me. Oh! I'm going to go running back. Right. I'm going to go running back with this team because uh, Joe Mazzula showed a lot. He showed a lot. Uh, we got on his case on numerous of occasions. But he was able to still have that fight and instill that fight within his team to the point of where they forced a game seven after be, being down three, uh, three games to none. Now, a little things he's going to have to tweak. Uh, also, when you look at Jason Tatum and, and in particular Jalen Brown, you got to work on that left hand, man. You got to be able to go left because that's the way teams are going to force you now. But I'm going to go with run it back because of the age of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. 26 and 25, they got a lot of years left, and they're entering the prime. Yeah, I think that's a really strong part of why you have to run it back if you're Boston, because realistically, who are they going to get that's going to replace either of those superstars? The answer is no one. And frankly, any of those superstars go play somewhere else, we'd be looking at it as a reason why that team would suddenly be able to vault into a higher level of contention. you got the right pieces got the right players. You've come very close. You just have to find a way to break through. So I'm with you. I will say run it back on that one. Let's get one more in on run it back or run away on Fitz and Harry. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking at the NBA offseason, should these teams just run it back or should they run away to a new uh, a new process? What do we have next, Evan? The New York Knicks. Ooh, oh. I'm going to go run away. I love what Jalen Brunson brought to the table. But I think if they can figure out some kind of way to get a guy like Zion or get a guy like uh, Carl Anthony Towns, I think the New York Knicks will be better moving forward. Not saying anything bad about Julius Randle. I just think I think he needs a new space. And also, I think Knicks fans will probably want a new space when it comes to that position. That's one of the things that happens in New York, right? Like, when it goes bad, redemption becomes so pressure-filled in that market with those yep. eyeballs. Like, I'm with you. I think they have to run away because they need to change the pace there. He needs to change the pace there. Both both sides would benefit from just getting something else, right? So yep. uh, change for the sake of change makes me nervous typically. But in this situation, I think change for the sake of change is actually the right path to go. Run it back or run away. A little, little, little fun new game we're going to play. I like that. I, I like it. We'll, uh, we'll have to figure out other ways to integrate that in. It was a good time. Uh, coming up is one NFL 
NFL team playing fantasy football or living in reality when it comes to this offseason and one superstar. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Vikings plan to cut running back Dalvin Cook. Not only is he a phenomenal football player, but he is a great leader in the locker room. A lot of teams have their eyes on Dalvin Cook, a four-time Pro Bowler the last four seasons. He's really coming into this year very healthy. Makes too much sense for him to go to the Dolphins, how they want to run the football, the play action, protect Tua. Sure, there are some other teams, but I think this one is streaming the Miami Dolphins. Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Hopkins are both free agents. And it leads to questions about what's next and the line between real football and fantasy football. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. Before we get to Dalvin Cook, Harry, I got Twitter beef. All right? Uh-oh. I uh, Last segment, I wish Annabelle a happy birthday. Alex mm-hmm. on Twitter. Decided to, to tag Greeny in it and say, just wished Jason Fitch just wished his dog happy birthday on the air. See, yesterday Greeny went off about how you should never, as a birth, as an adult, you should basically <laughs> never wish another adult, uh, adult happy birthday. We found out yesterday that Greeny hates joy and cake. All right. And Chris Carlin joined him in that. Chris Carlin started texting me. And I was texting Carlin. I'm like, look, it takes two seconds to say happy birthday, bring somebody a little bit of joy. Also, there's usually free cake involved. Why do you care about these things? Like, why not just have that joy? But Alex Radden out on Twitter tagging Greeny and it's saying where does that rate on the no birthday scale so I just you know Alex wow, like, we're, su- Alex. we're so supposed you, to have like a you know what here? we do to rats you know no. what we do to rats Alex see, see? I mean it, up there snitching uh, telling by the way uh, Greeny's <laughs> never <laughs> been more wrong I mean Greeny said as we an, still love you Alex uh, Greeny said <laughs> that you know as an adult uh, shouldn't even know when your birthday is and that nobody cares when anybody's birthday is I you know what? I, I, I don't know who hurt Greeny in the birthday process, but dude, next time on your birthday, if you want cake and a hug, I'm here for you. All right. I'm just saying, like, this show will offer Greeny the cake and hug he obviously needs. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this when it comes to birthdays, I've never been big um, on birthdays because, number one, it was always during the season when I was playing, so I really couldn't celebrate it the way I really wanted to. Uh, number two, me and my wife have the same birthday. Oh. So I try oh. to make sure it's about her versus me. So that's the situation that, I'm see, in. See, that's like, and the funny thing for me is I didn't really grow up with birthdays being a big deal as a kid. So they're still not a big deal to me as an adult. Like I'm not somebody that necessarily the feels way. the need to rage on my birthday. But when it is somebody's birthday, I always want to give them a little acknowledgement. Let them know, hey, man, I hope you feel loved and that you have a great day and have a piece of cake. Like it doesn't hurt anybody to, to say, hope you feel like, you, you know, hope you feel loved and you have a piece of cake. Well, uh, if, if any couples out there, if you have the same birthday as your wife, husband, whatever, you're in a relationship, tweet me. At HDouglas83, let me know. And not, not only that, though, my sister-in-law and her husband have the same birthday as well. 
I, look, I don't even know how you navigate those waters. I also, like, I understand why Greenies, you know, Greenies just uptight, right? We, we can all see it. From a mile away, you can see Greenies uptight. But, like, Carlin? Like, Carlin doesn't look like he skipped a lot of birthday cake, right? I mean, I just feel like <laughs> Carlin. Oh, hey, he called me the worst on Twitter. I, I get to say that about Bam Bam Bigelow. You know we love him, by the way, Candy and Carlin coming up after us today. Be sure to check them out. Uh, oh, all right, Adam Schefter uh, on the Adam Schefter podcast. Let the entire world know the best spot, in his opinion, uh, for Dalvin Cook. This is what he said. Jets, they have Brees Hall coming off a torn ACL. I don't know if he's going to be full go as the season gets underway, but their schedule is unforgiving. It's a murderous start of the season for the Jets. They're going to need help in the running game. Wouldn't a guy like Dalvin Cook make some sense? I mean, now... Here's what happens, though. Everybody presumes that that's just fantasy talk in some ways. Not necessarily just with this, but what we love to do. We want to put stars on mega teams. And I got to remind everybody, you know, Booger, Booger McFarlane made the point this morning on Get Up. When we tried and put Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Hopkins together, sometimes we're acting like this is just a video game. We got to stop this. Oh, we got to stop it. I'll try that again. We got to stop this. That's all it wants to say. We got to stop this. That's just where it's going to end. His whole point being it's not fantasy football, it's real football. But the one thing I'd say, Harry, is that there is a real football path that could send Dalvin Cook to the Jets. They have plenty of cap space. He could go there for a year. That, that could actually make a ton of sense. Yeah, when you look at the entire NFL, the New York Jets, they have $21 million in cap space. That's eighth in the National Football League. Now, when you look at the New York Jets, and let's just say, look at last year's team. They were 20, 25th in total offense, 26th in rushing, on top of Brees Hall coming off of an ACL surgery. Now, do I think Brees Hall is going to be the guy for them in the future? Of course I do. But I'm not saying you sign Davin Cook to a two, three, four-year deal. Sign him to a one-year deal. Uh, let him get in there and you know understand the offense. He, he can also be vital to you in the pass game. We know how Aaron Rodgers likes to throw the ball to, uh, throw the, ball to the running backs in the pass game. And I think you, you, you start off things that way and you gradually bring Brees Hall along versus just trying to force him to the fire because game one is against the Buffalo Bills, right, on Monday Night Football in New York. You, your schedule, if you're the Jets, is not easy. Early on, you have some tough games, so why not bring in a guy like Davin Cook? You have the, you have the cap space, and also he could be a guy that um, that that helps uh, you know shapes the career of Brees Hall that he can learn from. We're talking about a guy who had over a thousand yards the last four seasons. Fit so it's not like Davin Cook is going to be someone that's not going to you know be 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 valuable to their team and their offense. He's going to be very valuable. And here's the last thing I'll say about the Jets. Last year they lost six games by one score six games by one score they had no quarterback that had over 60 percent passing you add a run game to that offense in which nathaniel hackett when he was with the jacksonville jaguars when they went to the afc championship game the run game was a huge part of what they did now i understand blake uh bortles was the quarterback then and it probably had to be but you had a leonard Fournette. if you have a guy like a dalvin cook you can also take more pressure off of aaron Rodgers. does he need the pressure off of him Probably not, but you can take pressure off of them, and you can be balanced offensively. Well, I think when you start looking at the way the Jets have navigated their roster this year by doing some restructuring, they're in a, a rough salary cap position next year, which they can deal with next year. I think they've got ways around that. This year, they have the money to spend. So if you're the Jets and you have the money to spend, the luxury you have right now is you really can look around like it's fantasy football. You really can look around and say, well— 
I mean, if this makes us better for this one year, why not do it? I mean, yes, it takes a roster spot, but that's all it takes when you have the free money there and available to spend. So uh, I say free. It's not free to the ownership of the Jets, but the front office doesn't need to care about that. If you have a ton of cash sitting on the sides and you have a player that will make you better and you are in a win-now moment like the Jets are in, then you go all in. It doesn't matter what you think Brees can be. It doesn't matter what you think your running back looks like. The minute you acquired Aaron Rodgers, you went into, I want to win the Super Bowl right now. So if you look honestly at your running back room and say, well, Davin Cook is better than any of these guys, you go out and you sign him right now. That It makes the most sense to me, Harry. And that's the only thing. When you look at the Jets, when you go out and you get an Aaron Rodgers, like you just mentioned, Fitz, you're not getting an Aaron Rodgers to say, you know, we could potentially be better. We can make the playoffs. No, you're going out and get an Aaron Rodgers so you can win a Super Bowl. That's your mindset as soon as you acquire him. So why not add, you know, more power to your arsenal and adding a running back like Dalvin Cook, who's done it at a high level uh, since he came in the National Football League and still has a lot of juice left in his tank. He's only 27 years old. Yeah, that's the crazy part. He's only 27 years old. Again, this is what Booger McFarland did say on Get Up. We've got it now about DeAndre Hopkins and Dalvin Cook pairing together. We got to stop this fantasy football thing, just sitting back and just putting these players on every other team and not understanding how we're going to fit them in the cap, how we're going to make this thing fit together. I get it. DeAndre Hopkins and Dalvin Cook, especially being 27 years old, coming off 4,000-yard season, he would fit anywhere. And that's the biggest point of this. When you want to talk about the fantasy football element of it, fine. But when you actually look at the numbers, the Jets are one of a handful of teams that doesn't have to play fantasy football to add Dalvin Cook if they want to, which means they can give him a better situation if he wants to win right now with quarterback weapons and a defense around him that will help him have the best season he possibly can while they can also afford it under the salary cap. That's not playing fantasy football. That's actually making a smart and logical decision on how things could come out together in a way that benefits the player and the team. We've got more to say about Dalvin Cook later on in the show and what it means for the rest of the AFC East particularly, but coming up, Harry's Goats, Michael Jordan. My Goats, LeBron. One NBA draft prospect says it's neither. Waiting to tell you hear it. Next, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. With the seventh pick, the Denver Nuggets select Jamal Murray. With the 41st pick, the Denver Nuggets select Nikolai Jokic. So, who's next? The 2023 NBA Draft, tomorrow at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Now, we always say we're going to avoid this conversation because nobody ever changes their mind. And then we get in an argument about it every time. Whenever the NBA GOAT comes up, we all know that Harry's GOAT is one Michael Jordan. My GOAT is one LeBron James. So... 
Thank you, Devin. I knew it was coming. Thank you. Just go ahead one more time, Devin. Like, so, Brandon Miller, whose name is going to be called, according to most Moxie, their second or third tomorrow night in the NBA draft, was at the NBA draft press conference, and he was asked the very simple question of, is the GOAT conversation overdone? His answer is shocking. No, because I, I actually don't uh, think LeBron is, you know, the goal of basketball. I think my goal of basketball is Paul George. And, you know, I always grew up watching him, so it's never just LeBron. So he was asked a simple, is the GOAT conversation overdone? And instead of saying, nah, he went two, shade, two steps deeper than that to tell us all that it's not Michael, it's not LeBron. It's Paul George? Well, I don't. He didn't even mention Michael Jordan's name. Nope. But also, Fitz, what year has uh, was Brandon Miller born? Okay, so I looked it up, and it looks like Brandon Miller born uh, just outside of Nashville in Antioch, Tennessee, November twenty second, two thousand two. What? Okay, so I was a junior in high school in two thousand and two. Mm, okay. Okay. Uh, Michael Jordan finished his playing career with the Bulls in 97-98. It is, it, it is reasonable. I, I can't find. I've tried to look up uh, as much on his parents quickly as I can. But what I, I mean, it's reasonable to think that his parents might not have even been doing the hibbity-dibbity when Michael Jordan <laughs> finished his playing career, right? Like, so it doesn't surprise me totally that, you know, uh, there is some element of Michael Jordan. It just It's hard to accept that somebody being drafted in this year's draft wouldn't really have context on Michael. Like, I'm the first to admit I don't have great context on Bill Russell. Bill Russell versus Michael Jordan feels like it's... Well, like, can I take it a step further? Please do, yes. <laughs> you are potentially going to a team... In which Michael Jordan is selling, yeah, his own, <laughs> his ownership. That's the part that makes it just hand scratching to me. He doesn't even mention. But I, let me say this though, because I have to defend him on this side of things, because when he mentioned Paul George, my mind immediately said, "Wow, their body types are the same. Their games are similar." So I could understand him. Watching Paul George. Paul George is about 6'8", 220. Brandon Miller is 6'8", 200 pounds. I mean, um, you could say... He could, the mid-range game, you know, the three-point shooting. So I could understand him watching Paul George and, and, and uh, looking up to Paul George because of their body type and their, and their game. But to say LeBron's not his GOAT and don't even mention Michael Jordan a team that you're potentially going to in the Charlotte Hornets is crazy to me. The crazy thing is all that Paul George tape he was watching was all regular season. You know, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, oh, Deb, oh, Deb, check this out. Check Deb this out, Deb. The last four years, Paul George has only played in 189 games. The last four years. Yeah, I hope he hasn't been watching his injury injury history. No, he's been watching SportsCenter on Snapchat where they just show a few highlights. Uh, here's, here's the thing that's weird. I, I get what you're saying, Harry. And somewhere out there, like maybe if we asked Evan who his GOAT is and he's got a favorite sixth grade athlete from somewhere in the Connecticut area that's got a similar build and a similar height and a similar athletic, like that can be his all-time favorite. But you well, that's, never put that well, that's gonna be as, tough. The yeah, height. Well, well, I know. Okay, fourth grade. But you're never gonna make that person your goat. You don't right? find many like, people five three five I, I mean, four now, <laughs> unless they unless they still have growth spurts to go through. <laughs> I'm just saying, like Evan might see an athlete in sixth grade that he sees something in common with. But when you're asked who the goat is, he's probably not gonna throw out little Jimmy Tucker from West Hartford High. 
You guys are sleeping on me, man. I, I'm going to have that, whatever that Jonathan Kaminga had that they were reporting on Twitter that he's gone from 6'9 six, six, to 7'2. Give me some of that Jonathan Kaminga medicine. I'll be. What? You guys are sleeping on me. You know I'll what? be 5'9 by you, the end you know, of the summer. You know, you, know what I help, you know what I help you, Ev? Eating more oysters, like raw oysters. That'll help you out a lot. Wait, how'd you say it? Oysters? Oysters. Yeah. Uh, oysters? So we, we've had this conversation on the show. grow taller? We've had this conversation on the show. I've heard raw, raw oysters do something else. Yeah, they, oh, uh, they raise your libido. Enjoy. They'll make oh, I'm, on the wrong, taller, I'm on the wrong but, thing there. I'm on the wrong uh, yeah. thing. My bad. I, I just think the, the, the concept of Evan growing three inches. Evan's about to turn red. Evan's going to hit five foot one if that happens this summer. We're going to feel real good. My point here is. If I, if I grow three inches, can right. we go to Lake Compounds? I can finally go on yeah, all the rides. I, I can't pay you. Not six Flags. So six if, flags will look up and be like, no. If Evan got the surgery to like broke your legs and made you taller, he'd only be like five, six at the end of it. That is, but you know, that's oh, why wow. we love you. My point here, other than just making fun of Evan, is also that I, I hear you, Harry, that maybe he sees a, a Paul George, he models his game after him. That's a totally yep. great answer. But even if you model your game after that person, you can't look anybody in the eyes and say Paul George is the GOAT, right? Like, no. a, a, little, a little GOAT context to here has to matter, especially, like, I'll even buy that Maybe current NBA players aren't as aware of the greatness of Michael, but you're living through LeBron. Like it's just, it's got to be LeBron over. But like, not only is he living through LeBron, if I'm LeBron and I know I got to play this youngster, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make him feel who the goat is. He's gonna get that ass kicked <laughs> by LeBron next year. Like LeBron is going to go after him next year. There is no doubt about it. Uh, the NBA draft, by the way. Uh, w- w- tomorrow night, you know that. Uh, tomorrow night we'll have the NBA draft, and I appreciate Brandon Miller coming out and having his favorite player. I think that's probably a better answer to what he wanted, but I'm still shooketh by the concept that the GOAT is neither Michael nor LeBron. It's just Paul George. And Dev, uh, have you guys got a random GOAT? Like, somebody asks you who your GOAT is that doesn't even belong on the list? Is there is there like, is there somebody that pops out that you're a mega fan of that you want to argue is the GOAT? Hmm, I'd have to think about that See, one. See, I, I think what Brandon just did is what Devin says I do all the time with food takes. Somebody would be like, oh, uh, you know, I like eclairs. And instead of me just being like, not my thing, I'm going to come in and say those are objections. Like, they're terrible. They're bad. No, Nobody I, should ever eat them. He just did that here. All I, he, no, no, I, but I, I genuinely believe him. I, I never believe you in the takes because okay. when you're doing okay. them, you look at me and you smile. You know what you're doing. You're playing a character. <laughs> I just know it's going to piss you off. I'm just smiling because I know it's... Yeah, I'm so just you're saying, a fraud is what you're saying. If, no, no, no. I'm, say, I'm giving you my honest opinion. Okay. Here's the thing. Uh, just again, remember what the question was. The question was, is the GOAT conversation overdone? All he had to do was say yes or no. Instead, he said this. No, because I, I actually don't uh, think LeBron is, you know, the goal of basketball. I think my goal of basketball is Paul George. And, you know, I always grew up watching him, so it's never just LeBron. I mean, just... Did he not watch Kobe? Did, did he... Kobe? Did yeah, Kobe! He, like, he didn't even mention any... Like, he... What is going on here? I, I, I'm lost for words. You know what? If, if I was a GM, I'd have to ask myself now. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe maybe we let maybe maybe Scoot Henderson just scooted his way up to number two overall. The number two pick in the NBA draft in 2023, Scoot Henderson. <laughs> <laughs> All right, coming up, we'll keep the draft talk going. The NBA draft completely different this year. One player not named Victor Wembanyama is getting ready to change the game. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 